Can you do Batman? I, I can't actually. I can't do any sorts of voices. I don't do Batman. <laughs> Damn, Carol. That was real good. Wait, Carol. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast. Butterscotch, you did again. Yeah, My name is Sam, and I make art. My name is Carol. And I put words and pictures on the internet. Words in pictures or and pictures? Sometimes both. It's like a Russian That's multimedia, multimedia approach to social networking. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. That's the one. <laughs> My name is Adam and what do I do? I fight pirates. Nobody even knows, but we're going to talk about it. Swashbuckling Adam. Well, and today is October 4th of 2016, in case you missed that part. May the 4th of October be with you. Mm-hmm. And I just want a brief warning before we really, really lose our cool here. Anything could happen in this show. Profanity and lewdness is guaranteed. So the show should not be listened to by children, babies, puppies, kittens, any small, infant-like, malleable-brained creature. Mm-hmm. Baby rhinoceroses. That's those, actually why Seth isn't here this week is because he was up late looking tending. at gifts of baby rhinoceroses mm-hmm. Yeah. instead of tending his disease. And he got super sick. Yeah. He, well. just, he wants a tank dog. That's the sort of next level after his tank, current a tank dog. Tank oh, dog. right, tank. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I was I was actually asking him. I was like, "What? Why are baby rhinoceroses so much better than something like a baby panda? Mm-hmm. Because baby pandas are the the best. They're adorable. Clearly, and he just said they're like puppies. Yeah. So Google this. Look it up. It it's is a very ridiculous. heavy puppy. So. Also, it will impale you. They they don't really have play. they don't really have horns when they're babies. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. They're like maybe little or tiny baby horns. Like, they're like. So are they like retractable cat claws for horns? And they, oh, that would be amazing. Cool. That'd be terrifying. All right, we're going to move beyond that. Uh, <laughs> let's get to some news, some studio news. Studio news. First thing to talk What's about is your shoes. Uh, is my shoes, which are amazing. So uh, I got my wedding shoes on because I got to break them in before Saturday. Because you're getting hitched. I'm getting hitched. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing some shoes. And for, for those of you who haven't had to break in a pair of shoes before, it hurts. Yeah. Considerably. So I'm glad I'm doing it now. <laughs> and I think the theory is that it's supposed to make it better. Although you should have gotten shoes that you don't just actively hurt. Like, I mean, yeah, I need but, to break them in, but they don't need to be, they shouldn't hurt a lot in the first It's place. like a wild stallion, Adam. You got to yeah. break it before you can okay, harness the power. What if you feed it a golden apple? Mm, then it'll, or does that make them have babies? Mm. I'm trying to remember. How well, does Minecraft work again? That's how you get <laughs> maggots in your shoes. That's, right. that's how you get maggots. <laughs> that's how you- <laughs> Do you want maggots? <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've I can, never had breaking shoes before. I can attest to the discomfort of shoes from mm-hmm. many years of experience of being horribly in love with shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because the more <laughs> shoes you have, the more of your shoe time is spent breaking in oh, shoes. Interesting. It's true. It's yeah. true. Or just dealing with lots of blisters and foot pain. Cause, well, because you never actually get to fully break in a pair if you wear a different pair every day. Right. That's Could it be true. say that you actually fall in love with the pain of loving a new pair of shoes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. Someone should write and some emo the, poetry about this. The pain of the price <laughs> of a new maybe pair of that, yeah. maybe, designer <laughs> shoes. Maybe Sam should write some emo poetry. Oh, God, about no. Uh, okay. If you're interested in Sam's poetry, you can go on Amazon.com right now to purchase his poetry book. That book, I've been... I, it was secretly, just no one knew about it for the last like three years. And someone mentioned it on a podcast. It was you, I think. I don't. I can't remember who it was. 
And now every every damn month, somebody in the world buys it. (laughs) One person. It was mentioned. It's the same person every time. It It might be. It's actually me every single month. It was mentioned before (laughs) I was hired, though, because I bought it before Mm -hmm. I started working here. That's true. So I just mentioned that I bought it. Seth, because he's not here to defend himself. I feel like you're the one who brought it up. I feel like. No, no, no. It was. I think Seth brought it up because we had, there's something that happened that reminded Seth of the fact that I'd written the book or something. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up talking about it. So my dark poetry past was the, I believe was the news item to talk about that mm. week. So quit buying a, quit, quit it. Quit it. <laughs> <laughs> quit talking about it. Let it die. Maybe buy the video games. Buy the video that, games instead. Yeah, you should totally buy Metaphorgasm. It's got a picture of his face on the cover. <laughs> it's hilarious. Girl, shut up. All right. Uh, Adam, let's talk about pirates because Adam had a terrible weekend. Actually, really, it was pretty good. Well, I know you enjoy it because it's, it's fun to fight people using hacking Let's on take the internet. I felt like vigilante those, pirate fighter. I felt like one of those <laughs> those CSI like hackers, oh, yeah. you know, where I was constantly trying to adapt to the bullshit. Although it was way slower. You know, <laughs> it's probably more shows. more how it actually happens, right? Yeah, and it was a lot more of just like staring at things, trying to understand what was happening instead of just frantically four-handed keyboard typing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. would have been a lot more exciting. But even still, it felt like it. So back us up, tell us what. What happened that, that precipitated your weekend being stolen by pirates? Oh, what happened? So, I guess, long story short, uh, we send lots of emails to our Bscotch ID users, right? Like how so, many emails? Uh, a few thousand a day, unless we're sending a newsletter, in which case it's anywhere from 50 to 150,000. Yeah, and uh, we write each of them and every single one of them by hand. Yep, handcrafted, <laughs> and then we put it into, so I have this nice robotic automated pipeline, but we write each email by hand put it into that pipeline yeah. first yeah so it's very labor intensive a lot of love yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah a few even a robot per each person mm-hmm. yep. six six butters got your kisses yep plus, a robot. plus cocoa it's a plus little cocoa. sticky a it's cocoa a little sticky and there's some allergies and yeah you yeah. may get a disease but <laughs> on the plus side you get a handcrafted lovely email mm-hmm. so we have this system and it turns out that sending lots of emails to people is a big pain in the ass because of spammers because for there are many reasons we can't have nice things. It usually revolves around pirates, spammers, and hackers. Mm-hmm. So because of spammers, uh, every different email thing, like Gmail and Hotmail and whatever, is always actively watching the emails that come in and tries to decide if they trust you as an email sender. Or not. Okay, so they're basically keeping they're keeping like a popularity score. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so it's it's your how much they trust you to not be okay. a spammer. So the less they trust you, the less they actually deliver your messages, and they start just bouncing them instead. Do they talk to each other too? Yeah. So, so some of them Gmail. share some information, yeah. some of it's just internal, and okay. some of it, some companies make that information public and have a have an avenue where if you run into trouble, you can ask them to help you out, you know, and whatever, but some don't do anything at all, and it's all automatic. And the one we ran into is QQ.com, mm-hmm. which is a Chinese, the huge, huge Chinese uh, company. It's the main one, apparently, that most Chinese users have for email accounts. Uh, they, it's based in China, and they screen absolutely everything that comes through and it's all very secret. So they don't actually tell you what the limits are or anything. So all of a sudden we've, we've had a high, we've had trouble sending mail to them anyway for a long time. But then all of a sudden they decided they didn't like us. Hmm. We don't know why. There's no path for us to fix it. They just decided they don't like us. So all of a sudden they were rejecting about half of all the emails that we sent, but at random. So one user might submit an email and it would bounce. And then a minute later submit with the same address and it would go through. Hmm. So it wasn't even like we could just blacklist users. It was just the email service being like rejecting Hmm. half the time. 
So this is all could be fine, right? Because it doesn't cost us very much to send an email. The main problem is that then our email server, our email provider started to get angry. Because they look at us and they're like, you guys are fucking up your reputation. Yeah, they're like, you're messing up our reputation. Exactly. Oh. So so then they- But you're bouncing. Yeah. So then Friday morning, I woke up to an email from them saying, hey, we noticed that you're sending garbage and we're going to now get rid of your account. And so then since since that moment, I've been frantically trying to put measures in place to fix the problem, which ended up uh, resulting in digging into this and finding out that most of those users who are bouncing anyway are just stealing the game from us. So surprise! Then, so surprise! So then it, instead of having to come up with some elaborate mechanism, which I still have to do eventually, of trying to like send only a few emails at a time or something, instead I just block them all. Which tangential was really, tangentially was really interesting. Tangentially. Tangentially. <laughs> uh, it was interesting to hear you say that you recognized some email addresses. I did. The, uh, well, so the, the end result of all this was that <laughs> then yesterday I came and I was fucking pissed. <laughs> At all these Adam goddamn was in a pirates. Fit of rage. Okay, okay, keep in mind too, like all this. So we have all this stuff going on just in general life. So the Butterscotch crew, Adam and Seth in particular, are heading over to Steam Dev Days next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm you're, getting by married the way, this if you're weekend, there, make sure you say hello to us. We'll be in our Butterscotch shirts. Mm-hmm. I'm getting married this weekend. Pixel Pop is this weekend. Uh-huh. The conference here in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, which Adam and Seth are both giving talks at. Carol runs. So yep. and I'm getting ready to go to Indiecade. Yeah, and Carol's getting ready to go to like. There's there's a lot of stuff happening a lot's right now. Happening and, and so, also all of our Android builds are about to break. If we don't get an update mm-hmm. out by Monday of next week, because we won't be here because we'll be at dev days when the deadline hits where they will all break. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Seth is frantically trying so to get that's an update happening. done. And we've been pushing to try to get the creator out the door. Yep. yep. And, uh, and I wanted to work on the creator last week. And then well, the, and this week. So that's that's all the all the basically all the work stuff. Yep. But and then also stuff. Adam has a house that hasn't been finished up yet, so he can't yep. comfortably live his damn life. I need to replace my toilets this week. So I've been putting do you have... Seatings? Do you have chairs in your I house I have ordered yet? chairs. You've ordered you chairs, but yeah. you don't have chairs They should chairs be here, yet. maybe even today, actually. Ooh, wow. So soon we will Well, have so the chairs. thing is, you know, our weekends are very precious because it allows <laughs> us to actually keep up on the other end of all of our life stuff. Yeah, and we part. tend to still do some work anyway, yeah. but usually because we just want to. Not because... Pirates force your hand. Pirates force my hand. So, <laughs> so, so these I, people don't understand that not only are they stealing our game and preventing us freedom. from having more runway to be able mm-hmm. to make more better games in the future, they are literally stealing our freedom. Mm-hmm. Stealing Adam's weekend. Yeah. Yep. So I came in on Monday and I was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. <laughs> so bring down the banhammer. So, I think that was the question. That was the first item on the docket. Yeah. The banhammer. The banhammer. And so I guess right when I, like shortly after I joined the studio, I, I added a thing that made it so that people could, wouldn't be able to steal in-app purchases from us anymore. And I called it, I can't remember what I called it at the time, but part of that was then creating a tool called the Banhammer that would then go through and look at everybody who supposedly bought something from us and look at them, you know, a day or two later and see if they truly did. And if they didn't, then we would ban them from all kinds of stuff. So we ended up not implementing because we didn't need it at the time, but now we needed it. So, <laughs> yep. so yesterday I re-implemented the ban hammer and ended up ended up banning 15,000 people uh, who had falsely reported purchases of Crashlands, specifically mm. on Android. Uh, so, you know, that was... That was what I did. Did you I feel, hear? I felt really good about it. Did the, <laughs> did the screams of the masses echoing across the force? Uh, well, the thing you? is, it's so by doing that, they won't even have noticed necessarily that this has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Because the consequence is that in, in Crashlands, you still have access to all the things, uh, even if you don't have a record of a purchase, except you can't sync your save anymore. 
So suddenly all these people won't be able to sync their saves and they'll get popped out of like the save list. Um, but they're still being sort of a server. So I have to go wipe those and, and all that. But I want to, I'm going to give it a few days to settle to make sure that I didn't fuck it up and ban people who shouldn't be banned. Yeah. It was so hilarious though, seeing your face. Cause we would be asking about it and you would suddenly just raise an eyebrow and be like, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and just like go in Crush and try to stats. hunt folks down and like, let us know how it many was people really were. interesting. I mean, it was because this whole QQ.com thing was was creating all this problem, specifically an email, but then it turned out that, what was it? It was, we had, of those, so, so I guess and I should take a step back and say that uh, that we don't actually sell games in China at all, except through, through yeah, iTunes, right? right? So, uh, and the iTunes user base in China, I don't think is very big as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so people actually can't buy our games in China, right? So I get why there's piracy and I, and I, and I truly don't harbor any like true ill will, though it was a very frustrating weekend. Uh, Cause I get it. We're not even selling, we're not even letting people buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh even still, we know we know people from outside of China still have QQ.com accounts as well. So there was this big question of how many of those are actually legit. It turned out of those Android purchases I was looking through, looking at those who have QQ.com accounts, only 22 of them were real. <laughs> 22 of the 15,000? There were, well, only 12,000 of the fake ones were from QQ.com. So 22 out of 12,000 were real purchases. <laughs> were real purchases. That, I mean, that's a good percentage. Uh, that is like yeah. what point, point? One percent. It's very low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but while I was doing, I had to go double check and make sure I didn't screw anything up. So I was looking through some of the other people that got flagged, and then noticed some people who we know Ooh. in the list. And so it was, it was all in all a very enlightening and amusing and amusing yeah. and we, frustrating experience. We had a good chuckle. If you stole our game, <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> if you bought the game on Steam. And then bought it on Android because, and then felt like you just deserved to have it on both because you bought it on Steam. So then refunded on Android. We also but then know. kept the key. <laughs> we also know there are two hundred and fifty of you. <laughs> Adam's got a list. I know who all of you it. are. How incredible would that be to maintain just a like have a man have a big piece of wood out in the front of the building, <laughs> have a man come up and just chisel people's names into the. We could call well, it the shit post. Well, yeah, I was gonna say that's what my grandma called the shit list. Yeah, yeah. But I think having it on a big wooden post big and post. calling it a shit post, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Slightly more classy. Than yeah, me. I like that. <laughs> kind of hard to maintain, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna head to Home Depot next week and pick get us up a huge a, board. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be good. <laughs> Okay, I'll talk oh, just about Pixel Pop. Pixel Pop's oh coming up on Friday and Saturday and Sunday? Saturday no, Saturday? just Saturday okay. and Sunday. So Pixel Pop is in its third year. It mm-hmm. is the St. Louis Games Festival that I've been helping to co-organize with the guy who runs Anime St. Louis here in the city. And it is it was essentially something that we organized in order to try to strengthen the game dev community in the city and help connect game developers with people who are super into games. Well, it took off in its first year grew to about 500 people by its second year. And this year we are at the St. Louis Science Center, which mm-hmm. is super cool. And we've got people coming in from all around the country. And Adam and Seth and I are all going to be participating on panels and or giving talks. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be super awesome. And I'm super freaking out right now. <laughs> I bet. I've been like working on print collateral and mm-hmm. writing my talk and emailing panelists like crazy. What's your talk going to be on? So the talk that I'm specifically giving is how to how how a newbie can publish a product. Okay. So this is sort of my postmortem, my publishing postmortem on Pass the Buck. Okay. 
So, so on coming, physical products. Yeah. So usually. coming in from absolutely zero experience or from, from video game experience specifically and deciding I want to put my product on a shelf and going through that process from prototyping to publishing and retail readiness. Okay. But it's kind of depressing. <laughs> As but, most that, but that's actually the appropriate message. Right. right. Yeah. Is that it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. But on the flip side, Seth's talk is going to be really motivating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how to do what you want and to make time for the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically if you want to do game development, he's going to motivate the pants off of you. Yeah. I believe it's called Do What You Want or Not, I'm Not Your Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the subtitle of the talk. Uh, and if you want to hear him say, dang, oh, an enormous yeah. number of times. Uh, <laughs> there's a good bit in there. There's a really good bit. That's awesome. <laughs> About he- dang's. A lot of digs. Uh, but yeah, he's giving his talk on Sundays. Yours on Saturday, Sunday. Saturday? Mine is also on Sunday. So okay. I have, I am doing a voice acting panel on Saturday morning. And then immediately after I'm doing a tabletop games panel with um, three really amazing tabletop game designers. Uh, it's going to be Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games, mm. uh, Christopher Bedell from Greater Than Games, and Nicole Klein from Cardboard Fortress. And it's going to like, I... I'm crazy cool. excited yeah. for that panel. It's going to be so, be so cool. So if anybody's interested in board games specifically, those are people you definitely want to hear from. So well, how do people find Pixel Pop? Yeah, where do you get a pass? Pixelpopfestival.com. Okay. Uh, I think pre-sale passes are closed, so you can just come to the event and get a pass at the Science Center. Uh, it's 15 bucks for one day, 25 bucks for two days, and it is going to be phenomenal. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the time on them? Like, what duration of the day? Oh, so uh, registration starts at nine thirty on mm-hmm. Saturday and closes at like three o'clock, and then on Sunday it starts at ten thirty or eleven. I can't remember specifically, so it's a but yeah, shorter day. It's a slightly shorter right. day. It gives you a chance to you know recover from being hum- hungover from Sam's wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! But yeah, so we'll mostly be there. I think on Sunday it sounds like. Um, yeah, but also. To some degree on Saturday. So Saturday morning. If you want to see us or just more importantly, just go to Pixel Pop. Mm-hmm. And learn a lot. Just learn some things. Just you go do it. Also, the Science Center is a cool place. Oh, and super cool. Is. You can just go in there and hang out and then look at science and then go talk about video games. Yeah. Like what more could you want to do on a weekend? Mm-hmm. Plus there's like game tournaments and indie game demos and all kinds yeah. of stuff. You can win stuff. So yeah, it'll be a good day. Good Need weekend. A, did we get those? We we gave out two passes, right? We are announcing the winner for those passes tomorrow, which is today for the podcast listeners. Ooh, okay. So too late. Too late to apologize. <laughs> what was it? To pick about fertilize. It's too late to fertilize. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but yeah, you should come uh, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, or if you just feel like flying in last minute to St. Louis. Yeah. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an expensive little operation if you do that. <laughs> but you do you. You do you. Money I want to talk about um, something else that happened over the weekend, which I forgot to bring up, uh, which is this talk I gave. Oh, yeah. Which was a, which was a thing. Um, so it was the bone marrow transplant celebration, which is like every every year the hospital puts together this big, essentially a dinner slash celebratory gala thing and invites anybody who's had a stem cell transplant ever to attend from, from that. that hospital yeah. or okay and then all the doctors show up too and so it's really interesting though mainly because both uh both my dad and my mom are from the medical field mm. and so i think it was really interesting for them because they had never been to an event where it was actually so patient it was focused. patient and well it was patient and doctor focused right and so right. they're it's essentially a bunch of patients getting up there and giving speeches and stuff thanking all the doctors in the wow. room. Like a very powerful thing because it's all cancer related too because all these people would have just been dead. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's about a thousand people there this year. Um, 
and I gave the keynote for it, uh, which was like a 25 minute talk. And, um, that was, that was emotional on another level that I didn't think was going to happen. Cause I practice, you know, <laughs> like you practice it at home and you're yeah. like, I got it. I can hold my shit together. And I got like a paragraph in and I was just, uh, just, just a, a blubbering mess. <laughs> but it went really well. So um, it was just, it was super interesting to see that, that level of uh, sort of community support and community outpouring with regards to people who normally, who do help each other all the time, but who normally don't actually get that time to sort of interface in that way, right? Because yeah. normally you only see your doctor in the doctor context mm-hmm. or your patient in the patient context. It was really, it was really Good personal. That's yeah. It, yeah. It's a lot of, and it's a lot of people too who've all kind of been through the same shit. Yeah. Which is good because otherwise it's hard to it's hard to talk about that with other people because even like i mean because i went through it as a still as a bystander right mm-hmm. even though i was close to it so like it makes it easy for me to talk about that with other people even right. though it's still not that easy but from the side of actually experiencing it like how the fuck how, how the fuck yeah, do you, you commiserate really with someone who was so sick for a week being poisoned right. on purpose that they don't even remember that week existing right right <laughs> yeah like, i think you have to have had that experience yeah pretty much yeah so it's really good um but is I that think, talk visible somewhere? Uh, it's not. I do have the the transcript of it. Um, hmm. I don't think they took a video um, of the whole thing, but I, I do have the transcript available, so I'll figure out how to put that somewhere that's more uh, public. Mm-hmm. People can yeah. actually dig into it. Yeah, I read it. It was just so incredible. Some people got it. It will hit you in the feels probably, yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> just about no matter what. So was sitting in my living room alone on Facebook reading this <laughs> transcript of this talk, sli- silently weeping to myself. Yeah, by... Uh, <laughs> One of my good friends that we message, and he's he's currently attending, um, training up to be a real a real doctor. And uh, yeah. he he said he he went to the bathroom, you know, and decided to read some Facebook while he was in there. And then <laughs> he was actually weeping loud enough that, that someone came in and was like, "Are you okay? <laughs> Must be one bad poop." <laughs> yeah, it's be terrible. <laughs> so I was like, "It's a very holy place to read this from. It's good, good thing." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I think these ev- events, I mean, even events where you actually just get to gather with a bunch of your people, which mm-hmm. is why like Pixel Pop being in St. Louis is so cool to me because there's there's just not an equivalent sort of thing. And like you get you get the same feeling actually with being someone who's super into games if you don't actually have a lot of friends who are into it or like a crowd that you get to run with. Just being around people who have experienced a lot of the same stuff you have or are just into the same stuff can be like such a motivating and sort of magical thing over the weekend. So, um, so I mean, like I, I really encourage anybody who's, who's around or within even like a couple hours to, to make the trip out to the pixel pop thing and come, come be with your people for yeah, a few absolutely. days. And if you can't do that so one, good. they're, they're actually are all over the place all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So just keep an eye out. Cause absolutely they're worth going to and experiencing. Yeah. All right. Speaking of another conference. So about Steam Dev Days a little bit. Oh yeah, Steam Dev Days. It's oh yeah, out. that's another oh, one yeah. of those things. Oh my god, there's just so many things. Oh, god, yeah. What even is this? Getting through this next two weeks is gonna be. It's gonna be a thing. But Steam Dev Days would be really cool. So this is uh this is a thing where Steam basically invites Steam developers to all come uh, hang out for a couple days, and uh, they give some talks about technical aspects of being on Steam. Let us ask them questions about things and so on. Uh, but otherwise, it's a really good opportunity for us just to meet other developers and and chat with them. So uh, what we're trying to do is figure out who's going to be there and uh, and who kind of is in a similar position to us, so that we can kind of learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to track down people who are, you know, self-publishing and making games that are getting some success and they're on a positive trajectory and, but seem to be maybe doing either just a bit better or a lot better, or maybe a little worse than us and so on and trying to figure out, compare notes, you know, try to figure Mm -hmm. out how we can, how we can all learn together. So, uh, it should be a really cool experience. I'm really excited about meeting some of the people whose games that I've played, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be real neat. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of events is suddenly finding yourself 
with uh, these people who you've looked up to for so yeah. long and suddenly being able to call them friends mm-hmm. um, and just like hanging out and, yep. and sharing beers and yeah, sharing beers with people who make stuff that inspires you mm-hmm. on the regular and yeah. then finding out that maybe you've made stuff that inspires other folks. And it's yeah. just such a, it's such a amazing thing to be able to, like you said, commune. Right commune with people who, you mm-hmm. know, have the same passions and inspirations. I think I remember, I don't remember, I think I mentioned on the, on the post packs podcast, but I ran into the super meat boy programmer. Oh yeah. Tommy. Tommy just randomly. So cool. Down on the fourth floor of packs. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw him and I was like, slowed down, turned back around, went over and chatted with him for a little bit. Um, and it, you know, it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. Cause they're always just people at the end of the day. Yeah. They're always just people. And so it's, you always have them sort of on a pedestal when you worship the work that they've made maybe, but um, you meet them in person. And I think our swim coach always said that uh, Olympians put on their pants one leg at a time, <laughs> just like everybody else. But then I saw that video of the guy who backflips into his pants and I was like, <laughs> that not guy. that fucking guy. There's always somebody who just <laughs> has to make the rest of us backflip it into his pants. All right. Uh, let's move on to some questions. Yeah. Question time. So yeah, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. You can ask them with or without a Bscotch ID. And we recommend you do because it's fun for us to answer them. And we should also say, are those questions are dwindling? Yeah. So, yeah. and yet, and yet, our listenership groweth. Yeah. So, I guess maybe, get you some queries in our direction. Yeah, just throw some. Get, I mean, <laughs> get you some questions. <laughs> they could even be, you know, comments. You could tell us about something cool you've discovered. Yeah. And tell us a story. Wanna, tell us a little. I don't know what the character limit is on there, but tell us. Try to hit, hit it. Hit the character limit. Hit it. Discover it for yourself. Fine. Yeah. To, Ask us what the character limit is. Yeah, and then I'll have to look <laughs> it up, I guess, and tell you. Okay, so, again, questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. And Go you there. can ask with or without a Bscotch ID, but if you have Bscotch ID, you get a coffee with butterscotch perk. And we also read your name out loud in our also radio that. voices. In our radio voices. In our fancy radio We were actually voices. talking earlier about what would be... <laughs> What would be the least ideal radio voice? You baby voice is not allowed. Yeah, don't even use it. Don't don't even even do it. Fucking go there. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I see it. I see it on your face. (laughs) So, what would be? What do you think would be like the worst radio voice to have besides the baby voice? Besides the baby voice. Well, Mm -hmm. I was doing earlier like mouthful of marshmallows and just talking over yourself. Yeah, someone who's got like just had wisdom teeth. And all you do is just talk over all the words that you're saying, and you don't ever actually take any breaths, Mm -hmm. and you don't ever stop talking. The That's still pretty easy to understand, though. Yeah, maybe from over here. I think you were still not enunciating, but in a radio voice, so that it still had some enunciation. Um, was it you or Seth who was asking about Batman on the radio? I think it was Batman. Adam. Can you do Batman? I, I can't actually. I can't do any sorts of voices. Adam, do Batman. <laughs> Damn, Carol. That was real good. Wait, Carol. <laughs> Wait, Carol. Can you do your crazy laugh of uh, Harley Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> so I think. Yeah, would you you know, would you rather be creeped out, not Actually. able to understand the message, or disturbed, like with the baby voice, you know? I don't know. know. I'd rather do a old-timey radio voice. I think I'd rather be creeped out. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to some questions. Okay. <laughs> Let's answer some questions, shall we? Uh, you know, we, we try not to talk about politics too much on here, but someone had to ask. That doesn't they mean we have to, to answer. Ask. What was the question? Though? But do you want? They just asked. Uh, oh, goose who's? Oh, guys who's? Asks. What do you guys and girl think of the presidential wrong! debate? <laughs> <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think uh, uh, the the crazy thing is the next presidential debate is in St. Louis. It is the night of Pixel Pop. The night of Pixel Pop. The night is that on Saturday night or it's Sunday? Sunday night. Okay, Sunday night. Yeah, it's Post gonna wedding. be yeah the day after the wedding. So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna watch that. It's gonna be great. So you're gonna celebrate your future and then look at how bleak your watch future it, is. Watch it be destroyed in front of <laughs> the very yeah. next day. I the only thing I posted it on my Twitter actually the night of the debate, but all I could think of was that scene from Team America where he just keeps barfing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is me right now. All night is this barf gift on repeat. I think, uh, well, I don't want to dive into it, but fucked up. Saturday Night Live was was pretty great. The crazy thing about that that frickin' parody is that they almost literally just read wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) That's wrong. That's that's wrong. Like, usually in those, they have to, like, make up jokes about stuff, but they didn't have to make up any jokes. They just redid it. Yeah, they just, they they truncated it slightly. They basically cut the 90-minute debate into nine minutes. They were probably just so happy that they didn't have to do any work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that is the summary, right? The summary of the debate was that it was a self-parody. Yes, I, actually, I was I was watching. I think it was NBC or something that I watched it on. And afterward, they go, "Well, that sure was the only debate that's ever been like that debate." <laughs> <laughs> so once in a what do you say? Once in a in a quarter quad quatrennial, once every four hundred years, you see a debate that's this terrible. <laughs> Somebody said. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Next question comes from. BSB333, who asks, or who says, you mentioned playing D&D a couple of times recently, and I was wondering if you could tell us some about your characters and your adventure. It's been so long. It's been so it's long. It's been so long since we played. <laughs> you're, yes. you're an old person now. Yes, girl. <laughs> well, back in my day. Uh, I played as as a rogue named Klepsy, who had a very long middle finger, which was infused with the spirit of a demon. Mm-hmm. So the story is that he fell into a cave and was running out, and the demon was trying to completely possess him, but he managed to sort of like break range, you know, in time, so it just got his middle finger. His middle finger doesn't have any bones in it, and it's sort of like tentacly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always trying to steal stuff, but just his middle finger. Yeah, it just and has so, its own little mind. So yeah, he'll be talking to someone, and the middle finger is like trying to grab their earrings or something. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that was my that's, character. That's gross and weird. It was gross and weird, and it was fun. Yeah. Is it Klepsy, like for kleptomania? Yeah. Kind of? yeah. Okay. Got it. Klepsy. Klepsy. I don't even remember my character's name. It's been so long. But I think I was a... You were very hairy. I think I was a thief. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the notable thing about my character was that at one point, I took a hair growth serum mm. and grew hair everywhere and decided to make one portion of my hair into a lasso that I then just brought with me mm-hmm. everywhere on the journey. And so uh, this- Did it continue uh, to grow? This uh, portion? I think so the lasso... at a normal rate. Okay. But it was still attached to me. So I just, you know, took it from wherever it was and then tossed it over my from shoulder. Wherever it was. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> just the usual so, hair sling. Just the usual hair sling. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it wound up coming in handy on several occasions. It got us out of some- Harry situation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we want to we want to pick a, Did you ever play it? I have not ever played. You've never played once? I have never ever played. Ever D&D. No, we got to get this butterscotch D&D campaign off the ground. Yeah, my my wife and I were not surrounded by enough nerds when we were in oh. Dallas. Mm. Oh and, man, I would uh, love to play with Jen. She had play she hasn't played for a long time, but she used to play in high school, I think. So So, so she'd be good. We're going to get this going. Well, Seth yeah. bought everybody player's handbooks mm-hmm. and I took mine home and I, I had never actually sat down to read the player's handbook because our uh, previous dungeon yeah. master Stuart just explained everything so well to us that we never needed them 
And so I'm sitting there reading just the intro and I'm about to fucking weep because of how inspiring the intro <laughs> to the D&D Player's Handbook is. I'm dead serious. If you are at all interested in games, either just like as an appreciator or as a developer Those or as a beautiful storyteller, books. it yeah. is, I mean, just the way that they introduce D&D as- An idea. Yeah, yeah. As, as a game. It's just, it's beautiful mm -hmm. because it captures everything that I feel about D&D. Like D&D has become a very important part to how I view games and to how I um, have grown to love collaboration mm -hmm. and creativity and all these things. And I think it's just one of the most powerful tools that's available to narrative designers. Yeah. Well, I want to pull in from uh, you know, Chris Mitson's send off in the WoW forums last week, whatever. And he, he mentioned playing D&D &D a lot when he was growing up. But he said the, the biggest point and the takeaway from, from his whole career and from that D&D &D stint too is that creativity is relative, mm. right? Which means you you build it with other people, essentially. And it's, it's based off of those interactions and those communications. And so anything that helps foster like a that sort of an atmosphere where you're, you are playing, you're playing with ideas, you're playing with one another to figure out, you might have a goal in the end, like we do with various strategies or things we're trying to build, but you... If you can approach it with a playful mindset, maybe that's the sort of thing that helps people get across, you know, get get by and around some of the usual uh, more argumentative or debate style, I guess, going back to it. Uh, some more of the debate style stuff um, <laughs> and sort of build something better together, I think. It's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. D&D &D coming soon. And we'll yeah. probably regale all of you podcast we'll listeners tell with, the our, tales. with our goofy D&D &D stories. All right, next question comes from Dumbrowski, who asks, are there any other game developers that you have an active interest in? Do you keep up with their projects and that sort of thing? The, I guess the quick answer is definitely, but then that, <laughs> that latter half, uh, we don't have time to keep up with <laughs> even our own projects. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, we all probably have particular things that we tend to kind of check in on now yeah. and then. Um, and I know for me, it's actually, I care a lot more about the people that I've met than actually the projects that they're working on. So, so because of just by chance, people, we happen to meet at things. Those are the people that I, that I check in on. So, so in particular, it's the trinket studios um, who are making battle chef brigade because we met those guys. They're great. And I like them. So I can try to keep up with them. Um, and we are Chicago, same deal, mm -hmm. good people. So I just want to see how they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, I have been a huge fan of the behemoth for mm -hmm. like a decade. Mm -hmm. I think I think Castle Crashers was one of the games that actually put me onto indie games as a medium. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been I've been really in love with keeping up with them for a long time. And beyond that, I, I've really found myself really fond of more experimental uh, developers. So um, and like narrative developers. So I get really excited about games that Fulbright announces mm -hmm. they're working on. Um, they're the ones who made Gone Home. They're working on Tacoma right. now. Um, and uh, just developers like that that are kind of on the fringe that most people don't necessarily mm -hmm. keep up with. But and you kind of actually have to go out of your way to keep up with them because you don't see them front and center. Right. All the time, all everywhere. All the time, everywhere, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think mine, I've so I've been uh, sort of, changing who I, who and how I focus on stuff just from an art perspective to get more, try to get more, uh, ammo in the, in the old noggin. And, uh, one of the people I've been following recently is making a game called, uh, Nykra. It's N-Y-K-R-A. N-Y-K-R-A.org, I think is actually the website went up yesterday. Um, he'd been doing a Kickstarter in like two months. It's just really beautiful. I mean, like, you can, you can never tell how the game is actually going to play, right? Which is something to yeah. say about games before they come out. Yep. But it looks like it's fun. <laughs> right. uh, and it's really beautiful and I'm pretty sure it's just one dev who's doing everything Wow! and yeah and like looks really good um, 
everything just sort of, it's got lots of tweening and it's bell pixel art, really beautiful. And then I saw another one recently, uh, which was a Kickstarter currently called Blubberbusters, which is sort of like a Metroidvania-esque game. But the art for it, again, is just like incredible. Like mm. I just, just absolutely gorgeous and really, really good. So, and that one's got a Kickstarter that's actively going right now. But besides that, I think I actually don't really keep up with hmm. games, I guess. You know, yeah. like I play them and then sort of move on. I'm not a very good fan. Yeah, I'm, make, I'm much like more a, interested in the people. In a dedicated than, sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to be a fan of games and I would try to keep up with studios and what they mm-hmm. were working on and, and all that. And still everyone still get excited about a thing like, because I also like Behemoth and they are in beta for Pit People. Yeah. Which I'm in the beta for, but <gasps> so far it hasn't actually launched on my computer. So it's, it's, it's in beta. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem to run yet. Um, but, uh, or like when Bethesda releases another Fallout. Or, mm. you know, any any of those kinds of things that I'm kind of a general fan of, I'm pumped about. But but other than that, mostly I just I just want to know the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know what they're up fair. to. Yeah. I just thought of another that game company who yeah. did Journey and Flower. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Anything that they ever put mm-hmm. out, I will geek out over. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, All right, it's next cool question. when you can just identify people who are going to make good stuff. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a rare thing. Every once in a while somebody makes a good thing. But then very rarely we'll continue to make good stuff. But every once in a while you find those people mm-hmm. who just everything they make. Yeah. Gold. I'm on the edge of my seat for the next Campo Santo game. There's another one? They well, announce it? I, they, they haven't announced it oh. yet, no. But I'm sure that they're going to make another yeah. one and I'm going <laughs> to be excited. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Stoffstorm, who asks, uh, Dear Bscotch, would it seem disjointed to you if a game's gameplay was pixel art and its cutscenes were vector art? Hmm. I want to talk about the idea of blending art style or even perspectives hmm. because... This happens a lot on accident, just speaking from experience. Uh, when you don't have much experience in terms of making art, it's very hard to, say, like, nail the actual perspective of the world consistently mm-hmm. with every single piece that you make. So we've cracked this joke a bunch, but in Crashlands, if you put all the stations down in a line, they're actually all looked at with a different perspective for how mm-hmm. they're being drawn, um, which sort of leads to it looking a little weird. And then on top of that, the while the ground is essentially done from a, a top-down perspective, the creatures are almost almost in portrait as our characters and everything else. And so there's a, I just want to talk about like the, either the blending of art styles that you've seen or uh, the blending of these sort of perspectives or ways of rendering it. Hmm. Yeah, although say for the for at least for Crashlands, right? What that demonstrates really effectively is that as long as you get the pieces and it's done well and the art itself is internally consistent, then people, players, are really good at, at having their brains just kind of mm-hmm. fill in the gaps and and sort of embrace the the weirdness and just sort of accept it as as is, right? right. And, yeah. And, and as long as you, you have to do lots of little tricks in, in the in the art and in the code to do that. Like if you don't have shadows in this kind of a game, for example, you can't tell what the fuck is happening, mm-hmm. right? And something as simple as adding a shadow, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, it totally makes sense to me that that we're on a top-down 2D view looking at portraits of things, right? Because <laughs> right. it actually shouldn't make any goddamn sense, but... but you'd be like, it'd be like if you're looking at someone who's running around on a cliffside, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's exactly like what it is. Like a snow leopard. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But just by something as simple as the way things move and mm-hmm. so that you can tell there's a clear up and there's a clear down. Yep. And when things are positioned where they're all the same size on the screen, then your brain just sort of adapts to the fact that it's not seeing in perspective. Yeah, like we, it should. We've talked about consistency really is king when it comes to Absolutely. art and games. And yeah. I think it needs to be a conscious consistency because I think yeah. what, what you see a lot with newbie game developers who haven't cultivated taste yet mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they have poor taste, just they haven't had enough time to actually understand why things work in a certain mm-hmm. way and why they don't work in a certain way. You'll a lot of a lot of times see this horrible lack of consistency based out of 
an, a misunderstanding of mm-hmm. um, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And that is when it starts feeling really jarring. Yeah. But an example of a game that I think mixes art styles really well is uh, Moon Hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they oh, do, yeah, right. yeah. So they the the actual gameplay is all pixel art, and then uh, cutscenes and portraits, uh, portraits yeah. of characters and things like that. These are all these beautifully hand rendered paintings. It looks like hand hand drawn with watercolor. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. works really well when you're playing, and it's the kind of thing that you just you don't think twice about. You're like, okay, this is just how this story mm-hmm. yeah. is being told, right. and it's really gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah, it's one of the cool things about getting to make a world in games that you can make it however you want, mm-hmm. you know, and people will just, I mean, this is the joke we talk, tell a lot, right? Where the first game that Sam and Seth made forever ago, Tal fight of the gods, when Sam couldn't draw arms. So they made them bananas. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just introduced the character by, by introduce the game by, by having an overarching voice that just says, You've been teleported to the arena of the gods. Your arms are now bananas, right? Nobody Which is brilliant. Nobody questioned. It. Nobody yeah. questioned it. A lot of people thought it was amusing, but they didn't take the second step and say, "What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> right. right? They're just like, "Okay, my my arms are bananas. Mm-hmm. This is fine." Yeah. Yeah. So you can get away with a with a lot. Yeah. So I think as long as it, it addressing this question in particular, saying gameplay that's pixel art and cutscenes that are vector art, I would say, yeah, it's fine. And there's nothing wrong with it in principle. Yeah. Because, especially in the, because of those two different modes of the player being involved, right? So if, as long as all the gameplay is consistently pixel art, mm-hmm. and then say something like in Moon Hunters, where you have portraits that are in uh, more of a hand-drawn style or cutscenes that are in vector, it doesn't matter. Yeah, things that are clearly sort of logically separate, mm-hmm. right? Those can be, but, but they should still, they should still feel like they belong to the game. So the color palette should probably be similar. Absolutely. There are things that need to, that need to still make it all connect. I mean, I think another good example is our box art for our games who we, yeah. you know, we, we farm out to Eric Hibbler and, uh, and he crushes it because he's really good at capturing exactly the aesthetic and the color palette and all the stuff that we've done uh, so that he, he captures the essence of these cartoony characters that we, that Sam has made and puts them in a digital painting. And it like, it's just perfect. It mm-hmm. makes exact, it's exactly what you would think a painting of those things mm-hmm. should look like. And so then it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, well, we, we've running into the interesting thing with this. Um, do you want to t- touch on just briefly uh, the next thing we're kind of currently cooking up in the butterscotch oven, um, which is that we're essentially doing a remastered uh, quadrupus. This is largely due to a lot of the interesting bandwidth differences that we have right now as far as uh, a lot of the a lot of the work going into Crashlands, going into the creator, going into sort of building out Beastcatch ID, and we essentially have uh, some extra art power. And so we we thought, oh, well, let me just, at first it was just going to be a small thing. Let's just go back and sort of touch up some details. And the problem was, uh, going back to this consistency principle, as soon as we changed one of the art assets in Quadrupus, it suddenly made it very obvious that the rest of them are terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, and not necessarily terrible, but not by themselves. rendered in a completely different right. style. Right. Yep. And so it was like, oh, okay. So if, we, if we're going to do this, then we have to we have to do it like the whole thing. And then there's lots of questions. So we still have to answer about how exactly we're going to go about uh, executing this from a launch standpoint, everything else. But that's, that's one of the things that's in the pipe. And one of the interesting things about having done the art for, from Tal fight to uh, now all the way through Crashlands is even, even toward the end of Crashlands, that project was so long that by the time we were in the tundra, the level of stuff that I could make was actually, I had to sort of hold it in stasis a bit so that harness in your talent. Yeah. So that I, so that I wouldn't like mess up the consistency. Right. Because if you make over, over the course of two years, you're obviously gonna make a bunch of progress as a programmer, as like, as doing anything you're doing as a designer and artist. And so if you're working on the same project, now you got this interesting problem where you need to make sure you have two choices. One is to update the old crap, which is now suddenly obviously crap compared to the new stuff you've been making. Uh, and the other one is to sort of hold back your growth a little bit to make sure you can finish the project 
which and is not have to redo everything. Definitely the easier of the two yeah. options. Yeah. Yep. So uh, which is what we did for Crashlands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting to sort of just go to town on this stuff, and it's been it's been quite a bit of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's Two been amazing seeing the differences. It's pretty gross. Because I mean, Quadrupus, <laughs> you made. Two and a half years ago? Yeah, probably three, three years ago. Almost three years ago. It would be ago. summer of 2013. Yeah, so more than three years yeah, ago. Yeah, three and a half years ago. Holy <laughs> crap. And cool. you're, I mean, you've had so much more practice and so much yeah. more experience since mm-hmm. then. And just seeing just the overall grasp of anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> or shadows. And shading and, yeah, <laughs> right. just... It's been it's been really incredible. So if you actually log onto our Twitter at B Scott Shenani, you can see some of these mm-hmm. comparisons of before and after old quadrupus art to this new quadrupus art. It's just mind boggling. It's pretty it's pretty different. Yeah. yeah. Which is good, I guess, right? Because it's like it's been three years and I was like still limping along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because the difference is big enough that so we talked a little while ago about tools and stuff that we made. And so I made this tool for exporting the images that Sam makes. So Sam was testing it out on something and he looked at the output and he was like, I don't think this is working properly because this image looks like crap. And I was looking at it and I'm like, I think it's working fine. <laughs> and then he opened up the original just to make sure. And it still looked like crap. And he was like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. Crap in the original. <laughs> it's just what it looks like. Oh so, man. Yeah. It's been, yeah. it's been amusing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll have more details on that. Uh, uh, Quadrupus remastered, and uh, I guess the, the only thing we can say about it is that it's it's likely to be its own standalone thing, I guess, at this point. Yeah, it's we'll, looking more likely that yeah. that's the direction we're going to go. We may pivot, as we always do, but uh, <laughs> that's where it is this week. As we have every week yeah. since, since you've been. Yeah, we're speeding <laughs> up now. Now that you're getting accustomed to it, we're not pulling Clippers. any punches. Yeah. <laughs> For three days. But yeah, we'll we'll probably update every every week or so with we've yeah. got our weekly recaps yeah on fr- so on friday i guess you can look forward to some new weapons on friday if you want to yeah. go see some of the new stuff maybe the eel have we posted the eel yet uh we posted yeah we posted a one one little preview of okay. that eel cool yeah we'll put some weapons up on friday yeah, so go so to net and you can see those things also cool uh next question comes from hawks rock 250 hawks rock who asks can we expect to see philip the coffee monster in codename brunch which is interesting because codename brunch is no longer a thing that we're doing <laughs> <laughs> we just pivoted you pivoted <laughs> Well, it, it's still on the it's still on the list. Oh, it's on the docket. It's just later. It's just been, it's we just, just been. erased it and put it farther down. On yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah. We just we just knocked it down the queue a bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no big deal. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's all right. It's all good. What do you guys think about actually pulling in stuff from the podcast or? I think we fan suggestions should have some of them. And we I think we where did the torso demon was that from a podcast episode? That was from a the global game. Jam oh, that was from a game jam. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah. That's right. Torso Demon Which Saga, are, the co-op game. I don't we have know. lots of demons, I guess, that come up. Yeah. We need to take time to build a, a cohesive lore for that. Because I was noticing, so I played World of Warcraft over the weekend, the new Legion expansion. And I think because, so they, because they've had so much time now to build out their lore and stuff, they just have, they have a lot of fun characters and sort of factions to play with. And a few of them that are just, you know, purely evil all the time, which is great. So those are just great because <laughs> you can take anything that like was good at some point and they'd be like, oh, they've been corrupted by these guys who are always <laughs> evil all the time. And you're like, fuckers. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like we need to, maybe it'll take some time to do some lore background on yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I would love to bring in Philip the Coffee Monster and just have him scream at everybody and just, <laughs> piercing screech. Yeah, it's no. It's well, I think you made the you made whoa. the AC ring. Carol. Oh my god! Unfortunately, so you listeners probably couldn't hear that, but the whole room was just ringing. <laughs> that was amazing. Man, Fat Bard is gonna the, kill us. <laughs> the one problem though with uh, with something like Philip the Coffee Monster specifically is that he's a coffee machine. It's too real. 
So it was too real. Yeah. We had to we had to have some abstract form yeah. of him. Well, we can we can work. base it off of the form of a coffee machine and turn it into something. Yeah. I mean, he would he would work well as a viru. Yeah. A, a bodiless viru. Yeah. But Splash I also like fantastic demon. Yeah, there's a fantastic demon. Chocolate demon. Oh yeah, we got yeah. We have demons everywhere. The, the chocolate demon <laughs> just slaps you in the butt and just leaves chocolate marks. I do love this go. idea of having a, having demons that aren't necessarily so united as like an evil faction, but just oh, like yeah. Have their own things that they're like trying to do, like yeah, the chocolate demon. Going on, you know? just chocolate, chocolate demons just put chocolate in places that shouldn't put it. That's well, like, like their not, thing. It's not shit. It's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's chocolate. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chocolate demons. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the way we should do it. I like that idea. That's good. Uh, just chocolate demon the game. That would be actually be a really good jam game. Is run around. around. Spread chocolate on things you're not supposed to put it on. <laughs> Can we talk about Sure's? Uh, yeah, yeah, Sure's yeah. game jam game. So <laughs> yeah. Sure, as part of his. His part of his training regimen has been doing occasional game jams here in the studio amidst his work on the existing games. And uh, Coco, the office dog, Seth's dog, uh, last week was mm-hmm. suffering from some intestinal problems. <laughs> and he she used, was shitting all over everything. She was pooping everywhere. <laughs> and sure decided to use that as his theme for his latest game jam game. So didn't you have to, you had to get people, you had to be like, be cute and get people away from their desks yeah. and, and distract them and then go back and like shit on their seat and blame it on that. <laughs> blame it on that. <laughs> You're supposed to make, yeah, make everybody else in the office think that that person just shat somewhere. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the, a stealth. <laughs> stealth shitter. Stealth, stealth shitter. Game. <laughs> Which is interesting because uh, uh, Adriel Wallach, who is another game developer, made it during her, she did it one game a week mm-hmm. for a year. And one of her one games a week was a stealth farting game, which is one of my oh. favorite game jam games that I have ever played. You're at that a is convention. more applicable to real life. Yeah, yeah, you're at a convention and there's people all around and you have to go <laughs> find spaces that are free of people so you can fart and then walk away as quickly as possible so people don't identify the fart smell with you. <laughs> can you also walk so into good. big groups and fart so that nobody knows who the source mm. is? See, that would be realistic, but I, as I recall, people just immediately know that it's you. Yeah. But I, that's always my my suspicion whenever expansion. I do that in public, like oh, walking yeah. on an expo floor and you're like, you know what? I've been around people all day. Time to crop dust. Yep, just going to crop dust <laughs> this entire row. Sorry, Ubisoft. <laughs> They're like, no. I always just assume everybody knows it's me, but in reality, Nobody. you can't possibly know. You couldn't, you, how well, could you possibly know that? We'll know from now on, Carol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you won't Speaking know. of which, there, since we're on the topic of this, there's a game that we were told by the Rack 7 guys about called Don't Shit Your Pants, I want to say. Is that oh, what it's yeah. called? Yeah. It's a, it's a little text-based adventure. You should go check it out. What I'll just leave it at that. I, don't, <laughs> I, I just, just Google it. There, there's only one. Don't Shit Your Pants game. Yeah. You'll find it. It's like a little flash game or something. It's exciting. All right. Uh, next question comes from Man Baby, which is a good one, who asks, if Butterscotch Shenanigans ever had a slogan, what would it be? Don't shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. <don't. laughs> what do we say a lot in the office? Well, Adam says, you couldn't possibly know that. That is, that is my slogan. <laughs> Turtles Wrong. all the way down. Turtles all the way down. Turtles all the way down, yeah. Yeah, we do say that one a mm-hmm. lot. It's a pretty good one. I don't know. We've developed a lot of little weird office culture quirks. There's yes. also yes. fuck you, buddy, which we say <laughs> in a very friendly way, right? We mean it endearingly. Yeah. But. And like, but da but Just the theme song. They bear a theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So we originally when we made the studio, we had we had what was it, mind mind gripping, heart stopping games for like a month. 
that was a that was a yeah. We, a we've gone through a few bylines, but they just don't feel. They never good. work. Yeah. yeah. Try to shove me into a box, man. St- sticky fun. Sticky fun. You'd <laughs> be like, <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe uh, I don't. I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, slogans are hard because they're su- they're supposed to give you an extra little bit of room to essentially communicate what your studio, what your company's about. Mm-hmm. But what else needs to be communicated about butterscotch shenanigans? Well, probably the saying? fact that it's a game studio. Yeah, we make games. So you mean our <laughs> slogan would be a game studio? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is a game studio. Yeah. It would clear up some stuff. Yeah. It Everybody's might. like, butterscotch shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> it is how they actually say it yeah. when they walk by yeah, the no, conference. that's true. That's why I was just really reenacting that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Slogans are hard, man, baby. They are. But I don't think we man, need baby. one, really, because butterscotch shenanigans is not a thing you stumble across accidentally. You can only find it by specifically looking for it. Which means you already know what you're looking for. Mm. Aren't we in the top results for Googling just butterscotch, Good though? Man. We are. We are. We're, we're climbing up the list. Are we on so page one now? super fans. We are on page one, yeah. Okay. But there's still, like, there's still recipes for butterscotch pie or pudding or something that yeah, come pudding. up on top. Good. So we need to become more popular than butterscotch pudding slash pie. So here's a question uh, for, for our listeners. If you have a good slogan or byline Tweet it for butterscotch, yeah. Hit, it, hit us on the tweets with it so we can maybe come up with one if we're in need. Mm-hmm. We'll put it on our, all of our print collateral. Yeah, print collateral. <laughs> Why is it called collateral? I don't know. <laughs> Stuff that's Biz around yeah. your print. Okay, uh, last question of the day comes from Roxton, who asks, for such a lightheartedly humorous game, Crashlands resists making campy references to other media. The ones that do exist are subtle or rare, deliberate jabs. Was that a design decision or just a product of your collective sense of humor? Here's a question, though. If the ones that he noticed were subtle and rare, is that there are actually many more that are more subtle so that they're actually not rare at all? Hmm. just isn't catch all. You're just swimming. There are a lot of really, really subtle things in there that... Friggin' Rickroll. <laughs> that, we, that we barely... Oh, yeah, Carol just found one out yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So there's the three ten drum that you first meet in uh, in uh, power pole. Mm-hmm. It's Ollie, Keek, Fleep, and Backfleep back is the one you rescue. <laughs> yep, which and are I all was, skateboard moves. Yeah, in the office we were talking about kick flipping because we have a, a trophy skateboard mm-hmm. from the Reboot Awards, and we were like, yeah, we could bring that in and kick flip. And I was like, Keek Fleep, Keek Fleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, the yeah. world hitched into place. Yeah, because we, like, we have a lot of those kinds of things that aren't. Even exactly jokes. Pop culture. Or, yeah, they're not even, I don't know. It's just they almost, just sort of made us giggle when we were put to bed. Yeah, like they're not even really a joke that makes any kind of sense mm-hmm. at all. It's just like we were laughing about something. I think Because I think Sam just named one of them something like Keek Fleep. And then we just yeah. thought this was hilarious. And we're like, let's put a back fleep in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Or no, Ollie was the first name. And so oh, it was Ollie like, the first one, okay. But Keek Fleep. Like, and then we have <laughs> like Andiana and Johns. Yeah. For when you go on your adventure, you know. To fight Blockstock, yeah. So you go, you go follow Andiana Johns. And then we've got... <laughs> we've got... <laughs> And then we've got the, so the sharks are the bird sharks, right? In the tundra. And so we have have the Gertwurt shark. Jers. 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 Jers the Gertwurt shark. Obviously didn't have Jaws. It's a great white shark. Yeah, but not everybody notices that one. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's one of the rare pop culture references. That is, yeah. But I think the thing to note about putting pop culture references within pop culture is that it's kind of an easy out for comedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the view. I mean, I I know that I kind of default, especially on the podcast, to just making these quick references like, Mm -hmm. it's not shit, which is from the IT crowd. It's like one of my favorite things to say, but- if but you I put that in a game, it wouldn't about. be funny. Yeah. Well, it's still funny, you <laughs> right. know, regardless. But if you put that in a game, it's just like it loses mm-hmm. 
the originality. Well, especially once you move the game, once you move time, you know, beyond like the year or yeah, two depends around the laundry product. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You want to make something that can actually that doesn't descend. Yeah. But the funny thing is we found, I can't remember what it was, but someone else sent us a note and they're like, oh, I found this reference to, to this, some obscure thing that they know about, which we didn't do on purpose. Yeah. But we had accidentally <laughs> like, referenced. Right. Uh, it does remind me of like the original name for Hugo was supposed to be Q. And we were, we were ready to rock on that all the way up until like six and months short before for, lunch. for Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, which was the first name of the god from the original Talfite of the gods with banana arms yep. from way back when. <laughs> it was Quetzalcoatl and Pete were the two gods that you were fighting for. Pete, of course, is now the god of the sea in the actual in actual Wonope. And we were coming up on time to write the story, and then someone said, oh, your villain's name is Q. It's just like the Star Trek villain. Yep. And we were like, what are you talking about? Because none of us watched Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> if I was working here at the time, I could. Oh, yeah, you would have called that early. We had no idea. But we actually decided to change it before that anyway, because we were like, if somebody searches for Q, like they're going to find mm-hmm. infinite things and not the thing we care about. So Mostly we decided they a new name. Q from Star Trek. Yep. Yeah. And then we discovered that. Yeah, because yeah, we've discovered a few times that we accidentally made stuff very similar to stuff that already existed that then people thought was either us stealing or us making a pop culture reference. Yep. Didn't people think that we stole our studio name from Undertale? Yes. <laughs> Which is hilarious because Undertale what, wait, came out like two one. or three years after there's the like, studio was there's One of the very early things that happens is the is you as a character gets get asked what you, what flavor you prefer or something, and it's like cinnamon or biscotch are the two options that you can choose. Mm. And I don't know if this has ramifications later in the game. I've only played the first like 20 minutes of the game. Um, but that's like that little line. You actually see screenshotted everywhere, and people refer to it everywhere for some reason. And so so we abbreviate butterscotch as biscotch also. Mm-hmm. And so, Which a lot of people actually do. A I lot believe. of people do. And so, but we got accused of, of basically stealing that. Even somehow. <laughs> it's one of those people need to work on their thefts. Yeah. <laughs> the internet's a weird place. The temporal understanding. Place. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. That's it on this week's pod, podcast with pod, coffee. Pod, podcast with coffee. <laughs> coffee with butterscotch. So it's me trying to, trying to close out for the first time ever. <laughs> so you should go to podcast.bscotch.net and ask us some damn questions. And also tell all your friends. And tell all your friends to ask us some damn questions. Our listenership has actually been growing since we did a better job of actually t- reminding people to tell their friends. But so it could good just be a coincidence. Please share So either good job, guys, or prove better. Prove to Adam. <laughs> Do it better. A real Do thing. so good that the number increases so much that there can't be any other explanation. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 Bye.